Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from um, a boondocking setting, which is something that we do not do very often. But it is de rigueur when you are in quartzite. And we're overlooking the very scenic route. I can. (laughs) Well, we decided here in quartzite, which is, uh, as she says, boondocking heaven for all 250,000 RVs at this time of year. Uh, most of them are going up and down this road about uh, right now. You can camp in BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management, and it is free camping in the desert. And unlike uh, what you think about deserts, this is not sand. It's basically gravel. And there are lots of little spots that you can pull over. And you can have 100 rigs or one rig. This is our second time here, and the whole (laughs) thing still mystifies me. Um, (laughs) It's really godforsaken here. I mean, there are a few nice hills, and they only get four inches of rain a year. So it's not nearly as lush as um, Tucson, which I thought of as pretty deserty already. (laughs) Why? everybody started coming here i mean yes it's nice to camp for free and i suppose i'm a but why is the land free why can you camp for free because it's no one wants to be here land but apparently sometime long ago before i was aware of quartzite uh this camping activity reached a critical mass and it certainly makes sense at this point since so very very many rvs are here to have rv shows and following the rv show i'm not sure which came first which brought us here um they're having a big rock and mineral show which also seems to be a big deal here in arizona and it just brings a gazillion people one of the websites i read says that quartzite has a million visitors every winter it's nothing to do here there's nowhere to go there's hardly anywhere to eat out right no Um, and no grocery store of any consequence you can't get gas stations yeah we've talked about quartzite before but even on my second yes. visit, it's like, why <laughs> is all this stuff here? But it's certainly dramatic when you come through the desert from Phoenix and drive two hours through vast emptiness to come to that and last then all of a sudden, um, valley where the, it looks like there's a huge metropolis. Right. But then you looks realize like that every building is an RV. Except that all of the, the vehicles or what look like buildings are all askew. They're parked in every little conceivable area in different directions and... Because you drive down to the BLM land, and you can just pull off into the desert, and you can go pretty much as far as you want to. Now, we decided to park right next to the road because uh, we want to have easy access to the town. And we're we're, not here long. No, right. So we're parked about three or four miles from town the actual RV show along the road for convenience. and But there are lots of other people who are parked uh, deep into the wilderness where you would be really pretty much alone. So even when we often say in this podcast that uh, we hope you'll be camped at a <laughs> campground <laughs> near us, um, doubtless there are some of you who listen to us who are here, <laughs> right. but how would we know? Hey. Uh, much easier when you are in a campground and people can really track you down. And <laughs> rock this out. 
here in Tucson, we actually had uh, two of our listeners track us down. Unbelievable. Two couples. We were, two couples. We were actually uh, very happy to hear from Tom and Chris and Sandy and Carl, who were listening to the podcast and noticed that we were in uh, Lazy Days in Tucson and came over to say hi. Very cool. Actually, uh Sandy and wait. Actually, Tom and Chris were very close to us. But actually, parked. They were camped. Yeah, within a hundred yards of us. But we didn't have any idea, and they were very nice to send us an email and said, "Hey, we're parked over here in a certain site, and why don't you come on over and see us?" And whoop, there they were, and we had a nice uh, chat with them. And Sandy and Carl had a very interesting experience because they are volunteer campers. Full-timers. Full-timers. And they volunteer at uh, parks and places and do tours and things, which is a very nice uh, way to a nice, nice lifestyle. And I think they've gone through that natural progression that you have when you first quit work. You have this long bucket list of things you've got to see, and they raced around the country um, and concluded that they might as well be full-timers because they never were at home, but have slowed down a bit and, and have begun to appreciate, as we have, the value of staying in a place for a while and really getting to know it well and know the people there. And by volunteering in a scenic area for a month or two, that gives them some roots there and a real practical experience about what those places are like. And as avid birders, it gives them a chance to do uh, one of their favorite yes, hobbies yes. and is a real good strategy for full-timing. I, I like their approach to life. And they, we wanted to go down and see them, but due to bad weather, we were unable to actually go down and visit them at their volunteer site. As it turned out, they came up to see us in Tucson. So how'd you like Tucson? I loved it. Uh-huh. Um, as we drove out here from our home in Metro yes. Chicago, um, that extra fourth driving day was a real pain in the neck and I kept saying I wish we were there already but it's kind of like giving birth once it's all over uh, it's (laughs) worth it Well, once you, you know, if you're going to go and spend three or four months in an area, an extra day of driving is not that big of a deal. You know, if you've got two weeks, spending an extra day driving on each end of the trip is a big deal. So in our case, you know, we drive out here and then we don't drive that. We haven't filled up our tank since we got here. And it's become increasingly clear to me that I'm not a small town gal. Um, <laughs> I like visiting sites in small towns, but then I quickly grow restless. And Tucson being a city of over almost, almost half a half a million yeah. people had enough of the cultural and urban offerings that I appreciate very much, but it was very easy to drive maybe half an hour at the most and be out of town in the wilderness, hiking, biking. It's a real outdoorsy sort of place as well, so it had the best of both as far as I was concerned. Yes, we did enjoy Tucson, and one of the things that we did is bought the the Tucson coupon book. Which was another motivator to get out. Not that we need much motivation, but for $18, you buy a set of two-for-one coupons of lots of things you want to do anyway in the area. And uh, And it saved our... our Lots of money. If you're there for any length time. of time, and, and the eighteen dollars was easy to recoup. They told us if you did more than two things, it was worth it, and I would agree. And the highlight, I think, was probably going to the Sonoran Museum, the Desert, the Museum. Desert Museum. It wasn't quite what we expected or remembered. We were there last in 1979, so that's probably why we didn't remember it very well. Yes. And it was July, as opposed to a day that um, began with temperatures Ooh. of 17 degrees. <laughs> it was amazing. 
amazingly cold for a few days here. But the museum is not just a museum with indoor stuff, and it's not just a museum of the wonderful plants of the desert, but it was a marvelous collection of animals that live here that you would seldom see. And they are kept in um, very viewer-friendly confines so we could take good pictures. And certainly the highlight was yes. the raptor show. But in a very natural setting. Which we went to twice. We liked it so yes. much. And this is a collection of various hawks and owls and other raptors, eagles, uh, that are kept in cages, but of their own free will. Yes. And uh, the trainers are um, hiding in the cactuses around you with little bits of meat in their hands, and this encourages the raptors to fly over your head, sometimes skimming your head by yes. mere inches, uh, flying from place to place to get the meat, and then when they've had enough, they freely and willingly go back to their cages. So which are located someplace else. That's a nice zoo. And the, the natural setting where the birds are flying, um, you can take pictures that look like they're uh, taken out in the wild. And it, this is kind of the wild. Uh, we also went to the hummingbird. That was very cool. We had no idea no, that one never of the really major seen breeding grounds for hummingbirds is at this museum. And it sounded like um, the hummingbirds are quite promiscuous and crank out those little babies almost faster than the museum can place them with museums and refuges and aviaries all across the country. So it's a, it's a wonderful operation. Uh, we took the early, early morning tour, Ooh, eight o'clock. which included getting a vial of fruit flies that you could hold in your hand. <laughs> and That's encourage the hummingbirds to come to you. Um, as they explained to us, hummingbirds don't just live off of nectar. That would be like us living off of Coca-Cola. Um, <laughs> sugary and yummy as it is, they need protein in their diets just like we do, and fruit flies fill the bill. And we should maybe mention that one of the things that we learned was is that the red sugar water that you buy to feed uh, hummingbirds in, the, in, in your bird feeder is actually very poisonous, they poisonous say. right? I if it has, it. because it has iron in the red dye, and iron is a toxic. toxic substance for hummingbirds. So, if you're out there feeding hummingbirds, be sure not to feed them red dyed sugar water, Which even though we it looks saw nice. for sale here in Quartzsite. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah, it's, uh, and I've seen it in bird Commonly feeders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because people think the red color attracts the birds, and Which, probably does. But ooh, they said it didn't make much difference because I thought that they were colorblind. colorblind. Anyway, so be careful about that, or at least do some reading about it. So the Quartzite, uh, at this time of year, for two weeks, they have the big Quartzite RV show, and it is gigantic. Uh, hundreds of vendors. Um, they say 300 in the tent alone, and vendors all the way around. Now, this is not like the Tampa show in that they have very there are very few although there are some actual RVs for sale this is RV gizmos and gadgets and of course because the show is oh kind of unofficial ad hoc um, there are lots of things here which could be considered to be scams <laughs> or that are not uh, hugely popular so there are a lot of little vendors a lot of people selling just one specific item like we bought a <laughs> a closure for your potato chip bags or any sort of bag that was uh, the, the, that was all the guy was selling and he was obviously the proprietor and vendor and then you know you have the big people uh, like Camping World or, that are also here vending and selling 
And in some cases, it's a very nice one-stop um, comparison shopping place. You, yes. You heard us rant and rave about our <laughs> tire pressure monitors, and it was on our shopping list to replace them while we are here. And we saw four or five different vendors in the tent and were able to talk to each one and compare yes. prices and compare features. It, w- it made for a very... Um, in-depth shopping and experience. And a competitive experience so that you uh, feel like you're getting the best prices. And are making a well-informed decision. So this RV show is, is worth coming to at least once in your RV life if you like uh, the gizmos and gadgets, uh, which I, of course, enjoy very much. Uh oh! Uh oh! And they also sell a lot of stuff that I would consider not very RV, like <laughs> oh, um, yes. acrylic nails and, and all sorts of food stuff, and cooking pots and pans and. But we do know somebody who bought a set of pots. But yes, but I wouldn't call those specifically RV products. No, no, no. But I mean, the, they do sell that sort oh, of stuff. Sure, that's here. Why and I mean, there. people are actually buying it. Yeah, you know, all sorts of. Well, you know, it, it's a home show. It's an RV show, but uh, oriented toward RV products. So if you need. Uh, you know, sanitizer or stuff for your holding tanks and uh, tips and tricks about solar. You know, that's this is the place to come. And of course, we've had both our uh, so, yeah, solar panels as well as uh, our satellite the dish. satellite dish installed here. So there's lots of people like that, <laughs> including the RV proctologist. Who does what? <laughs> he cleans out your gray, your gray and your black tanks in case they are caked with stuff. Ooh, don't even want to think about. It. <laughs> Actually, there's a big sign which I'm going to put on the on our website, of course, which will have uh, some pictures and links to this sort of stuff. But why are we doing the podcast on a beautiful Saturday morning? Because it's not all that beautiful. Um, as I mentioned, oh, quartzite gets four inches of four rain. Four inches. And I think we're here for... At least one of them. One or at least a it half It started raining at about uh, four o'clock in the afternoon, and here we are close to noon uh, the next day, and it is still raining. I mean, it's saying it, it, It's not really pouring. Well, I'm not going to go out in this. Well, it's warm, but it's not... It's rain. Unexpected. Unexpected. In the middle of the God-blessed desert where they get four... Am I ranting and raving again? Well, hopefully when we come back here again, because for some strange reason we are, um, everything will be well, blooming. Well, we're going to try the real boondocking experience. Um, today, this time we're here for just three nights, and then we're going to be here for five, and we're going to be out in the middle of the A little BLM farther land. from the expressway. Right. A little farther from the expressway, so we'll have those dark, dark nights and hopefully clear, sunny skies, and we'll be able to enjoy it. We're having the isolated experience now, and we're going to be doing traveling with the RV Dreams uh, Boondocking Rally here in Quartzsite in mid-February, and we're going to be with uh, 30 or 40 rigs that will be camped all together. Which so is something that a totally lot of people different do here. Right. We were going to go to uh, the Boomers Rally here, which is for people of our age, as you can imagine. And uh, it was just too far away for us to drive to. But we drove there in the car, and there were over a hundred rig, rigs all lined up. And they had a big campfire area. And, you know, 
do that stuff nice, together. But that's the kind of thing you could do here. You can have these ad hoc rallies right in the middle of the desert, get together with your friends and form uh, a chuck wagon circle and have a really good time. Uh, so it's a nice experience. And, of course, these Class A's, and there are a lot of Class A's in these uh, rallies because they're fully equipped for doing uh, boondocking. Uh, so it's mostly, it, well, I don't want to say mostly, but there are a lot of fifth wheels, a lot of rigs, uh, Class A rigs that, uh, you know, just make it very comfortable to be out in the middle of the desert, even even uh, without any hookups. I even saw a nice tent. Oh, I, I want to look for that. that. We didn't see that. What? That hookup thing. No, we did not. I thought about that, too. People have fake pedestals that they plug themselves into and attach we're driving, their hoses we're driving, to. Right. We're driving through the middle of the desert, and this guy has a pedestal sticking up in the Maybe ground. Maybe he made it from home. I would almost do that. It's almost too cool not to have if you do much RVing out here. And he has an electric cord and a, and a hose going out to it. But you know damn well that it's not hooked up to anything. It's just like you take a double take. It's a miracle. It's a miracle out in the middle of the desert. Uh, but they were miles and miles from anything, so it definitely was not real. But it does give you pause. The RV show also has a number of vendors there that are involved with travel experiences. So I don't want you to think that it's just things to buy. Um, but there were um, numerous representatives from various Canadian provinces, um, vendors who do the RV rallies like adventure caravans, um, people who had special deals from campgrounds. A lot of them were from Las Vegas. And, and there was one Canadian table. Canadian provinces, Alaska. And there was one table, which we didn't investigate very thoroughly, <laughs> that had information about nude camping. How natural. Yeah, I would say I, I hate to steer. That wasn't here in Quartzite. But the people here, maybe a lot of the people here are from California. Maybe no, that's oh, it. Let's um, not be too. Um, but when I'm here, I don't feel like I'm in middle America. I feel like I'm on the edge of America. You're in Quartzite. <laughs> and Quartzite is uh, individuals. Eccentric people. Eccentric people, right. If you look back at our our previous podcasts from 2000, what? Five. Five. We were here. Probably weren't doing a podcast, but certainly the blog from 2005. You'll see we stayed in the middle of town in a campground, and we had some rather interesting experiences. So you might want to take a look at that uh, way back when. I think it's the first blog I did. Oh, well, maybe I'll have to put a link to it on the website if I remember. Uh, Other things that you might be interested in knowing, um, before we get into talking about the show and more specifics, uh, our jack situation. You know, we have HWH jacks, and we stopped at uh, Moscow, Iowa, Iowa and had them fixed, and then they worked for exactly one night, and on our way out here, they no longer work. So, we're at Lazy Days. I'm not even sure if I mentioned this in the last podcast, because I may not have known. We might not have known yet, then, So I put, uh, and it's this excessive slope thing, so I'm not going to go into this in a lot of detail, but basically because we were at Lazy Days, which has a gazillion uh, bays for fixing things, and we were right there in their campground, we made an appointment. It took us two weeks to get an appointment, and we took it in to get it fixed, and blah, 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 blah. It comes down to the fact that, (laughs) this is unbelievable, that our control board is not working. And they no longer make them because no this is a 2004 rig we're in. So HWH, though, does do custom bills. So they are going to make us a new control board, but that takes on the order of two weeks. 
So it's we, a good uh, thing that we like Tucson because now we have to go back. <laughs> it's 250 miles from here to Tucson, uh, and about 100 miles from Phoenix, which is where we're going to be when we have to make this trip back down there. So in two weeks, we are going to go back down to Tucson for one day, maybe to have. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they've already installed a part which they thought was going to do it, and that didn't do it either. I am really tired of thinking about our jacks. We like jacks. They've been the bane of our existence for the last three years we've had this coach. Okay, so we're going to have the new control board installed in a morning, and then we're going to drive back to Phoenix. But we're going to spend only one night. think about something else besides Jack. <laughs> and then I'm going to push the button, and it's going to go, and we'll be all level. Because when you're in the desert, frankly, right now we're a little bit lopsided. And this has complicated life in that it makes um, aiming the satellite dish a little more problematic since it assumes that we are flat, and now, we are not. Now, uh, there are many of you who are saying, oh, those poor children. <laughs> Spoiled rotten. They can only stay in the desert for five days because they only have 100 gallons of water. <laughs> we are. We're soft. But you'll hear all about uh, boondocking for more extensive periods of time. When we, There are people here who, who boondock for months at a time. They have a, a long-term area. The area we're in, you can only stay for two weeks. They have a long-term area that has a dump station and water fill uh, as part of it, and that costs uh, a few bucks. I don't know what it is. But you can camp there from October through April or something. And and there are lots of people. They have five or six solar panels on their roof, and they are here for the duration. And if you read the blogs about Quartzite, you know that people are fanatical about water. They kind of make it a sport. They save their dishwash water and use it in the toilet. No TV besides the satellite. Oh, too bad. (laughs) No TV besides the 99 channels that we get on satellite. And no, no, and the hundreds of hours of tape or recordings that we have. That's kind of funny. The only two stations we got over the air here are both in Spanish, and we don't get a lot out of them. No, that's very interesting. Look like a two nice Spanish telenovela. How could, you, how could you be in the middle of the God-blessed desert, and the only channels you get are Spanish? <laughs> Tell Tells me you that. something. Because we're not that close to the border, are we? No. No, I don't think so either. But they're in Spanish. And who knows where they're from? There's no real towns around. We don't here. understand and it. Phoenix so we is a long, I mean, Phoenix is 100 miles. You yeah. don't get TV 100 miles on our antenna. Okay, so, and the, but they do sell specialized antennas if you want to put up a 20 foot. Uh, mast in your on your rig you can you can get tv apparently because you gotta gotta get over the mountains according to what we heard yesterday one of the many interesting things that you can find out about quartzite right when you're here i wanted to talk and reiterate again uh, how nice amazon prime is one of the nice things about amazon prime and amazon as a whole is is that you can buy almost anything from amazon from toilet paper up through uh, probably a new car but uh, amazon prime is especially nice because you don't have to worry about shipping two-day shipping so that if you're in a campground someplace and you have amazon prime you can just kind of shop the way you ordinarily would at home because it will come to your campground in two days and i literally mean in two days so amazon prime costs 79 dollars a year has some other benefits to it too but free two-day shipping is one of the big pluses now a friend of mine intrigued me because he bought a remote remote control helicopter. I don't want to say RC. A toy. Kind of, yeah. But he spent $39 on a helicopter. And I said, oh, I got to have... I forgot about it. And I didn't get it for Christmas. So... 
I decided to order through Amazon Prime and get my little helicopter. Um, and it came, and it has a camera on it, which is also very cool. And we tried to fly it yesterday. <laughs> And uh, more or less successfully, it ended up in a tree at one point, but uh, it didn't break. It didn't break, and it. Uh, but I ordered the re- the parts replacement kit for it too. Also, but uh, we found out later because there are lots of uh, helicopters for sale here at the show that mine was made basically for indoor use. And exactly why you'd want to? Well, you'd have to have a big indoor to. So with the camera on board, you can photograph the <laughs> dust on the top of our refrigerator at home. <laughs> I've been afraid to fly it in the RV, I'll tell you that. Fly it over your head and see how big your bald spot is. <laughs> oh, the ultimate, oh, or to see how gray your hair is. Exactly. Jeez. Oh, boy, talk about a friendly thing to say. Jeez, nice lady. Anyway, if anybody has an experience with uh, radio-controlled or RC helicopters, um, let me know. They're they're actually around. The prices here at the show are very good, less than a hundred dollars, um, and it, it's kind of fun to try out this sort of stuff. I may buy another one that's a little bit bigger so that I can fly it outdoors with a camera, so that I can it, take aerial it photographs. To, it has to go high and far enough to make it worth the photography. I would. Well, even fifty or sixty feet would be okay. Maybe we could hoist a TV antenna on it. <laughs> 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 Up there, aim it around to, to get uh, desert TV. So that's one of the things, the, the kinds of things that you can buy here at the RV show. And if you need any little parts and pieces, bungee cords and clips and, and tarps and all that sort of stuff, of course, that's all here in... In abundance, but the stuff we actually bought. Um, well, one of the big things here was LED lights. LED lights. We saw a ton of And of course, I have been talking about LED lights for a long time. And certainly we've placed them in our house more and more. At yes. Our stick built house. Yes. But we haven't put them in the RV because they've been so damn expensive. You know, uh, to buy LED, LED lights, uh, you know, an outfit your RV would be $500 or so. But in actuality, they're coming down in price. And also, you didn't like the first one that we bought. It wasn't bright enough. It wasn't bright enough. It was in a reading lamp, and it didn't help. But at this show, I think it's finally coming into its own, and they're coming down in price, although they're still fairly pricey. And that, but you know, they advertise the fact that it uses a tenth of the electricity. So if you're boondocking, which a lot of people do around here, it becomes very uh, appealing that your batteries will last longer because you're power draws much less and we have decided to try a couple of them and you bought a new spotlight for your spotlight My spot reading lamp, your yeah. reading lamp and it's better than the first one and what is it a replacement i think so uh-huh and we bought a replacement for one of our fluorescent tubes now these are the 12 inch <laughs> i thought i was buying a bigger one but we it has uh, two LED strips that replace the, the tubes. tubes in your um, fluorescent fixtures. We have all fluorescent fixtures. And so this replaces, uh, but this was $40 for the strips um, to put into the fixture. And it uses uh, all the, all new electronics, so everything in there can come out. And it does require a little bit of wiring, so uh, be sure that you understand what you're going to have to do in order to replace these. I didn't find it very challenging, but uh, it was uh, more than I expected. 
And so these uh, the the fluorescent tube though, uh, I'd say is, bright. is as like bright or brighter. And as a matter of fact, its beam is wider than the old one. And they come in both soft white as well as the cool white, just like uh, fluorescent tubes do. That's our furnace coming on in case you because it's only fifty eight degrees here in the desert. Only fifty eight degrees here in the desert. Yes, because in the winter. it's still spritzing. And then we bought uh, two that replace uh, votive lamps. Is that what you call those? I don't know. Anyway, they don't. They have a uh, not a standard base, but just two little wires that stick out, and those are very nice replacements. They're for like mood lighting or leaving. And they were eight dollars each. Yeah, those so are. So nice. those are very reasonably, yeah, yeah, like mood lighting. So, and then they make uh, halogen light replacements, and you know they make replacements for virtually all of the lights, including the socketed twelve volt lights that would be like for your uh, head, your tail lights, and that, all that sort of stuff. All those standard. Base that type uh, lights and they're very bright now so I have no hesitancy in recommending them and they make ones that are flat and then they make ones that are round so that, that the light tubes are, are just are, strips by themselves yes different approaches but they do require different electronics so that uh, for the fluorescence it does require a, a bit of reworking of the fixture however it was interesting to note that they actually sold the entire fixture with <laughs> LEDs for about the same price as the actual replacements. So you might consider just replacing it because then you just have the two wires to to hook up and no internal stuff to mess around with. So if your fixtures are looking uh, burned or heated or something or over uh, discolored, then you might want to just replace the whole shot. That's uh, very viable these days. And of course, if you wait a couple of years, they'll be even cheaper. But we have to try them out as part of the RV Navigator pledge to our listeners. Camping mission. (laughs) Okay, so what other things do we see? Um, I was surprised. I didn't remember how many people who were there looking to hire work campers. Uh, There was a table um, that seemed to be related to Princess Cruises, hiring a lot of people for For Alaska Alaska summer jobs. Um, Amazon Amazon was was there. Now, these were were real jobs. This wasn't work camping, per se. Real part-time jobs. I'm not sure they were part-time. Well... Oh, I don't think they were part-time. No? Certainly the Amazon ones aren't. Well, you probably could make They're it, seasonal. but they, they would, these would be full-time jobs if you wanted it to be. And they didn't provide camping. You had to provide your own place to live. Place to live. But they were seasonal. And they were hiring hundreds of people. Maybe that's a part of the uptick in the economy we're It could well about. be. Well, and I think maybe the word is getting out that uh, elderly... Well, are we elderly? Yeah. Great <laughs> so. That people that are boomers are maybe interested in doing some work on a part-time seasonal basis. Their Sup- to supplementing their retirement it. savings. Right. Uh, so it, it, this would be a place to come if you're probably any of the RV shows a job these seeker, days. Yeah. If you're a job seeker looking to to supplement your income. We also saw <laughs> there were four or five booths that were de- dedicated just to pet stuff. And it was very amazing. They used to have out on the tables of a lot of vendors, they would have uh, little bowls of candy for you, you know, uh, hard candy for you to suck on or or to take as a sample. And, and all most of them these days have... Uh, dog biscuits. Dog biscuits. <laughs> and we saw people say, oh, does your dog... And they would have a little bowl for the dog to, to drink water. I, then, and, a, and a lot of dogs came to this show. I don't yeah, know if I, I remember know. this. Well, it isn't a tent. Outdoor it's not shows outdoors. we've been to. They're indoors. Um, and all the small dogs either are carried by the person... <laughs> Uh, it's like a baby halter. Yeah. That's how I would describe it. Or they have little baby bugs. You understand that we have no pets for their dogs. Well, I and don't I, want a pet. 
I want a pet, oh. but my lifestyle does not um, allow it. Well, that's, but a lot of people RV so that they can have a pet. Right. Anyway, we won't dwell on that for a long time. And then there were the vibrators. No, they were not vibrators. <laughs> The booth selling vibrators. They looked like the kind of machines you might find in a health club because they mm. were big and you stood on them and they jiggled your fat and supposedly <laughs> helped you to lose it. <laughs> it was pretty jiggled hilarious to walk by those. Oh, I can't imagine just standing on a thing that vibrates your feet from the bottom or vibrates you your body from the from bottom the foot, up, foot up yeah. would make, help you lose weight. Does that really make any sense at all? Would that it were so. So, but there were, I don't know, four or five vendors that were selling these various platforms. Right. Let's call them they, that. they used to have that belt thing yeah. that went around your waist yeah. that vibrated kind your of whole idea. body. Same kind and of that idea. was supposed to help you lose weight. Now they just have it on your feet. I thought it was just for no. a massage type thing. Of course, they had that too. But. Yeah. But what this was vibration to actually lose weight. Another important thing that we saw, or very popular thing, was grill pads. Now, this is actually a pretty cool idea. This is a, a roll-up, one-eighth inch thick black pad. It's not silicone, and it's not... It was it's like Teflon. But it's not Teflon okay, so either. It's black, and it's about uh, 18, inches and 18 inches square. And you can and you, cut it to make it fit your exactly. grill. And it was very flexible, and it laid flat on your barbecue grill, either gas-fired or uh, wood-fired charcoal. Matter. You put it on the grill, <laughs> and it acts as a griddle. So you can fry eggs on it, fry bacon they on it. They bacon. They were um, doing little vegetables, sautéing vegetables. And, and things like so sandwiches. So for people who, who grill out a lot and cook out a lot, it may, could make your menu a lot more versatile. And in terms of cleanup. Easy. It's just like Teflon. Just and you off. just wipe it off, and it doesn't heat up. You know, It doesn't stay heated for a long period of time. And, of course, it's very light, and you can roll it up and put it away. So you have Small, this very light. nice griddle. No storage issues. Without any storage issues that goes right uh, into your pan, uh, right onto your grill, which is, I don't know. How, uh, the heat's transmitted through it. Uh, you could put it on your stove if you wanted to because it'll take flame also. It seems like a nice idea. It has hot spots just like uh, you would on a griddle. I guess, but so, but it doesn't transfer the heat all around. But it's made out of some sort of like plastic. Anyway, sounds cool to me. It was very popular. Yes. Lots of people bought them. So what did we buy? We did buy our pressure sensors, and I put a link to that on our website. We found ones that have pass-through so that you can fill your tires or take the tire pressure. Well, you don't really need to take the pressure, but you can fill your tires without having to take off the pressure sensor. They have locks on them so that they can't be stolen. The new display is just uh, rechargeable battery-operated. I don't have to have it wired in for, for, the, power. for the display. And hopefully it will work much better. I haven't had a chance to install it due to all the rain and stuff around here, but uh, we will be installing it soon. And I should mention that it was much cheaper, not only much cheaper here in Quartzsite than, than even a Camping World. We saved about $200 over the Camping World price, which to me is pretty surprising, by coming here to Quartzsite. That almost pays for the trip by itself, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. We got the ten pressure sensor system, so uh, with the pass through, and so it's uh, all good there. And hopefully, we will be singing the praises of a new tire pressure system in the near future. No more rants and raves. Uh, and oh, and anyway. of course, the biggest thing about it is is that it has replaceable batteries. Right. 
They give you an extra set of batteries. You get one set, so you're good for a couple of years. And I don't mind replacing these. And batteries that are easy to buy. Right, e- easy to buy, and you know, as long as you know and you can do it. As I mentioned, our old Duran, you have to send the sensors in to get them to get new ones and because they're they don't have replaceable batteries three hundred dollars every couple of years in order to get the batteries replaced okay. so that's end of rent <laughs> they've heard it so what else do we buy uh awesome awesome polishing equipment that will help me polish up my wheels so that my aluminum wheels will be shiny bright in the near future and the headlights they sell also and the headlight this this polish stuff does everything polishes up all my fiberglass the plastic the aluminum the chrome everything is going to be polished and clean our rig will look like a 2014 instead of a 2000 only a hundred bucks for the kit for this the kit oh they get you every time one of the things i always have trouble with is buying water filters and finding people who know what you want we have a couple of water filter systems in our rv and uh we got uh, the the filters replaced, which was nice. And uh, I want to mention my flag light. Now, flag light is actually a solar outdoor light that's designed for flagpoles. But what I did is I took the mount and put it above our door so that it shines uh, down and lights up our entrance into the RV before when we come up to it. Solar powered. Solar powered. And it it works very well. The only thing you do, you have to remember to take it down before you leave. <laughs> it's part of the did we put down the TV antenna routine. Right. As you know, uh, one of our favorite things to do as we travel around the world is to take pictures. And one and of the things that I'm doing, just to add a, a little bit of uh, detail here, is, is that I'm gathering raw materials for future uh, books and things. For our old age. Our old age. When I can't travel, I want to have all the raw materials so that we're, we have the pictures that we need to create interesting blog books. And we try very hard to take the best pictures that we can, but um, one of us is far more dedicated than the other. <laughs> um, I pretty much have given up well, lugging big, big, heavy SLRs, except under special occasions, like when we did the bear photography in Alaska, because it ruins my fun of being in a place. Um, I, I, it's not... It's complicated, but I think I've mastered it well enough to do what I want to do. But it's just too darn heavy. So I mostly carry a little point-and-shoot camera, which has become more and more sophisticated over the years as the technology has developed. And it actually takes super good pictures. But Ken is still um, a very devoted photographer and often carries a a big, heavy camera that does many wonderful things that my camera cannot do, um, like HDR, high dynamic range photographs, where you take terminology, ladies and gentlemen photographs with three different light exposures and then with your computer you um, blend them together to have the best possible combination of factors. And I uh, was struck the other day when we did moonlight hike in Saguaro National Park while we were still in Tucson and I had my little point and shoot and shot the sunset behind the saguaro cactus and ken did the same with his big camera and how much better his pictures came out than mine i have a a venue for sharing the photographs that i take every day um namely my blog but ken who is saving
using his good photographs <laughs> from his old age does not. And I just wanted to uh, brag on him a bit oh, oh, and really? give him a chance to uh, share a few more of his photographs online and refer you to them uh, so that you can see what a really good photographer can Oh, do. I don't know about that. I think so. Okay, well, thank you. It, it, this is nice because we don't duplicate our photographic efforts as a rule. Basically, what we do is she shoots the snapshots and the kind of the record. I'm a photojournalist. Right. She shoots the pictures of the signs and of the people and of the, like the RV show. I didn't even take my camera. The she photographs sh- of the story that I want to tell exactly. about the day. And I shoot the artistic kind of pictures. So when I sit down to shoot and I find a nice scene, I might shoot 25 or 30 pictures. And that's one of the keys to taking good pictures is taking a lot. And we have found that time and time again. And with digital, taking a lot of pictures is free. And so you can really take time and compose. And And one of the things that I think that I have found is, is that the photographer can focus the viewer's eye to the degree that the viewer is seeing only the best of the scene. You know, you see a scene and it has a a narrow patch of snow and you want that snow, you know, it's very scenic. But when the viewer sees that, they didn't see all the stuff around it and they see just what you shot with your camera. So they don't see the inconsistencies in your photograph, which is very interesting to me. As I look at the pictures that I've taken before, we had days and days of bad weather in Alaska. But when you look at my pictures, you'll say, wow, you had some of the best weather we've ever seen. And we did have three or four days. (laughs) Three or four days of good weather. But I focus your attention on the great days because uh, the the dull ones are just not that interesting. And people say, well, how did you see so much wildlife? Well, we sat out there for hours and hours. And every wildlife photographer knows this, that it might take years and I don't spend that kind of time but it might take a long time to get that those good pictures but when you show them to people they say wow you were really lucky and if you'd like to take a look at some of my photos uh, you're welcome to um, I do put them up on the web a smaller collection uh, it's at flickr.com f-l-i-c-k-r.com slash photos that's plural p-h-o-t-o-s slash MediaWise, M-E-D-I-A-W-I-S-E. If you'd like to take a look at some of my photos, I put them up regularly, and you'll see some from this trip also. We are going to a photo workshop sponsored by Road Scholar. And We're going Arizona to, Highways and, and our Magazine. Arizona Highways Magazine uh, starting actually tomorrow. And so next month we will probably be talking in more detail about uh, hardware and equipment and comparisons and things. I use a digital SLR. Martha uses a point-and-shoot. Uh, both have the same sort of specs, but mine has a lot more versatility, including shooting HDR as well as RAW. Um, and where I find my point and shoot especially weak is when we do things like the Raptor show at the right. museum where you need a fast shutter speed and a well, quick save and another well, you need a, a rapid click again. Not there. shutter speed, but you need rapid shutter response. Right. So uh, the SLR has that, but you know, there's a lot of changes going on in the photographic world. I keep up with this fairly actively. Uh, the micro four thirds and the mirrorless changeable lens cameras are all the rage these days. Uh, I have not succumbed to that, but I would like to hear from you if you have and uh, hear what your uh, opinions of uh, these new cameras are because they're much smaller, but they maintain the quality of uh, the large sensor. 
So if you're interested in this in more detail, we will probably talk about it next month after the photo workshop. Well, and we'll be thinking about it. And we'll be more. thinking of boondocking and all sorts of other uh, exciting things. We'll be revisiting some of these topics. Revisiting, again. you betcha. I do want to mention, uh, boy, we have uh, spent quite a long time here chatting because it's raining. <laughs> We'll save some of this stuff for next time. We will save some of it for next time, although I think we'll have lots of stuff to talk about next time, too. But I do want to mention that uh, you might want to take a look at the new YouTube channel that's devoted especially to RVing. It's called the it's the YouTube RV Travel Channel, and you might want to take a look at that. I will, of course, put that a, a, as a link on our RV Navigator podcast. I may put some uh, other links up there that have to do with uh, some other articles and things that I found that you may want to take a look at including will they be putting up cell towers in Yellowstone National Park that look like pine trees. That's a good idea. We've seen them that look like palm, palm trees. trees. Yes, yeah. but never as a, well, we, maybe we didn't notice them because they look like. <laughs> we didn't know. But I don't know, a 50-foot pine tree? Pine trees, I don't know, could happen. We're going to um, suggest that you take a look at, uh, for Valentine's Day, a unique romantic RV rental uh, getaway for Valentine's Day. So they're offering a special deal if you rent an RV for three days in California and take your sweetie RVing. They have a special deal. And take a look at the website, and I'll put the link up there for that. So that's an enticement to visit the website. But for February of 2013, we hope to see you in a campground near us. And if it's like January, we probably will. Happy travels. Bye now.